the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. And what a week we've had here, huh? I mean, for those of you who've been in a gopher hole, living under a rock, at night, without a full moon, like producer Dan here, this has been quite a, quite a political week. And as we are recording this, the hearings are going on in Washington, uh, hopefully... This decent man, Kavanaugh, is going to... I'm going to go on the record saying I think he's a decent man. He's going to be uh, put on the Supreme Court because, frankly, we need another solid one. If you look, all this political hoo-ha is, is the left, the progressives, doing anything they can to maintain a chance of control of the Supreme Court. So, you know, I, I heard this uh, just before I got in here to record today. I heard... What's her name? Ballsy Ford. The, um, I forget her first name. Anyway, this Dr. Ford, she, um, was saying that her friends kept telling her some beach friends, some friends, this is political activism 101. And, and all they want to do is sow enough doubt. You'll probably hear some of the senators coming on saying that you can't confirm Kavanaugh unless you have less than a shadow of a doubt. No, that's, that's a criminal conviction. Um, standard, not a Senate standard. So anyway, I hope we get this straightened out because the Second Amendment folks need some help on the Supreme Court. It can use all the help it can get. And frankly, we we need a ton of it because uh, we had Sotomayor and Kagan put on the last president, put those two on. They're rabid anti-leftists, rabid leftists, anti-Second Amendments. And we need some help on the on the right-hand side of this, folks. So joining me today... Yeah, enough of that stuff. We're going to throw that political stuff right out the window, right, Mark? Joining me today, folks, I have Mark Boardman, who had nothing to do with my commentary at the beginning of this show. He is an innocent <laughs> innocent bystander, like a train wreck. He just watched it go by. He's an innocent bystander. He is the marketing director of a wonderful company that I've been associated with for many years now and been very, very proud to be associated with for many, many years, and that's Vortex Optics. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Philip. I'm doing good, Philip. You know, and I guess I'm probably one of those guys that's been under a rock. I've been out in the Alaska bush for much of uh, the first part of September, and other than that, and just you know, at my desk and now you're bragging. doing family stuff. Now, so. now you're just bragging. So what were you doing uh, in Alaska? Well, I'm just I'm I'm speak I'm speaking to my uh, living under a rockness, uh, <laughs> which actually just hearing what you described, I'm really okay not knowing about it. <laughs> no kidding, right? What, what were you doing in Alaska? 
I went up there with some buddies and uh, we chased moose around for about 10 days and it was just, yeah, it was a really good time. And, and, uh, you know, and, I mean, it, I think, I don't know if you've been up there or not. I think you have, but, um, it's, it's definitely one of the cool, it seems like no matter where you go up there, it's one of the coolest places in the world. So I really enjoy it up there. I haven't been there yet. Tell us a little bit about your hunt. Man, good hunt. Um, like I said, my buddies have been up there, uh, man, several times. So they had it pretty dialed. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, just beautiful country. I was able to connect with, a with a moose and, and we knocked a few other bulls down as well. And super optics intensive. Eventually, um, you know, I think a lot of times when people think of moose hunting, you don't think of, you know, a, a really optics intensive hunt, but it really was. I mean, we spent our days, glassing across canyons, um, you know, moving to, you know, various spots and, and really putting our optics to work on tripods and breaking out the spotting scopes and really where we were at. Um, like I said, I think, you know, I mean, even myself, you think moose hunting, you think, oh, you know, short range, brushy, maybe you're drifting a, ri- a river and, you know, come around a bend and, and there one is. And, and this was, um, which is oftentimes how it is, but this was, was very different than that. So, I mean, if you or we saw a bull and it was something we thought we were able to get on, there's a fairly long-range shooting. You're generally shooting across a canyon uh, into small openings where these bulls would come out. And uh, and so, yeah, overall, it was just it was, it was an awesome hunt and definitely put put the optics to the test. We found uh, lots, of, uh, lots of moose and... I uh, ended up filling five out of six tags, which was just phenomenal, and uh, it was it was a good time. So for a, lot, a lot of meat packing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. For a do-it-yourself hunt, five out of six is an amazing, amazing uh, rate there. It is, it is, and like I said, the guys I went with, you know, I mean, I owe it all to them. I mean, they 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 put in the leg work and had the history with the area. And, uh, which is really, it was, I mean, that was definitely necessary if you wanted to, you know, go in there and, and, and be successful, at least at, you know, the level that we were, like I said, super fortunate, super blessed. Um, it's, and, it's always uh, who, you know, man, it's always who, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely comes down to it. So, so let me ask you this question. The gun goes off for, you know, you do the hard work, you climb the hill, you've glassed, you've, you've identified the animal and. And they're in such brushy stuff. They're kind of moving, right? They're like a black dot that goes between this bush and that bush and, and you know, mostly in the shadows. Not exactly out in the middle of a sagebrush plain like a pronghorn. <laughs> so the, so you, you've, you dial in your shot. You take it. You've hit the animal. Everybody's high-fiving. And now you just realize how much work you have ahead of you. When does that sink in, the realization on that? So, you know, it really sinks in, you know, when you finally work your way over it and get to get to the animal and, and, you know, you're standing over it and you get, you can see the scale of these things and their size really, it, it's difficult to comprehend. I mean, I've seen, you know, watch tons of TV shows and you see pictures of moose, but until you're actually standing up close to one, um, <laughs> you, it's just, it's tough to fathom and like that starts to sink in. But luckily, you know, I mean, this is a vehicle-based hunt, so those guys, a couple of the um, guys that were on the hunt uh, drove up, so we had wheelers. Um, so we'd get the wheelers, you know, as close as we could, and then, uh, you know, to try and mitigate, you know. Hump um, it from there. You know, yeah, packing uh, yeah, as far as you you might have to if you were just you know strictly on your back and and frankly, without those, it'd be you'd be in a, you'd be in a tough spot. I mean, it's it's doable and they've done it before that way, but uh, it's nice to be able to cut some of that distance off. That's for sure. And, and uh, you didn't shoot yours in the water, did you? 
I didn't know. It was, uh, you know, on a, on an opposite canyon. Uh, we are a canyon wall, I guess, you know, just a little opening in the birches. And, uh, yeah, we bombed down the hill. We were able to set up for the shot. And definitely, you know, like you said, you know, dial in, um, you know, it was it was a longer shot. Actually, it's the longest shot I've ever taken, you know, at, at a game animal. Is, uh, we ranged at 733 yards and got down and was able to execute the shot and dropped it right in the pocket. And, you know, uh, he ran 20 yards and tipped over, so it couldn't have worked out better. That is that is a heck of a shot. What caliber are you using? So I actually ended don't up... Tell me a six point, don't tell me a 6.5 Creedmoor, okay? Not this time, <laughs> although I do love that cartridge. It's a great, um, great target gun, not for moose. Yes, I, I, I had uh, I had my 300 short meg up there, and then uh, kind of when everything went down, I'll try and shorten the story as much, but I ended up grabbing my buddy's 300 Ultra Meg, and he had a yeah. uh, Viper HSLR 6-24 on it, and and, uh, and it just, yeah, I mean, I knew it was an accurate gun, and, and uh, like I said, you know. Yeah, that's that's all, a great uh, combo. I actually have, worked out. I actually have that exact combo, except last year I upgraded from my HST to the uh, PST2. Five to twenty-five. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not a bad move, I'll tell you that. So, hey, um, thanks for joining me on the show. Here, uh, we'll get right to it. Here, you're part of a series. For those of you who've been listening the last several weeks, it's been kind of fun. What we tried to do is is set up a series for people who maybe have their first hunting rifle, maybe they got a gifted rifle, somebody bought them something, or you know they they only had X number of dollars, so they wanted to start shooting, so they got into something, and now they're like, what's the next step? You know, they they have a nice entry-level rifle, but they're at the point where they realize there's more to shooting than just buying something off the shelf and, you know, sending one box of ammo down the range. They want to fix things. So we've had specialists on for different areas. We had uh, Timney Triggers come, and uh, Kevin T-Bone was on that show, kind of a funny guy. We had uh, Timney Triggers talk about the triggers, what that does. We had Proof Research Barrels come. I mean, you've obviously seen seen some of their barrels. They're pretty amazing stuff. We had Jim Gruning, one of the best uh, gunsmiths in the area. He came out, talked about modifications and how important things are. And then it doesn't do us any good, though, if we have a wonderful trigger, a beautiful barrel, you know, a great, great gunsmithing done, and Macmillan stock. But if our optics are substandard, you just wasted all of your time and all of your money. And so I think one of the I always say this, one of the easiest fixes for improving your rifle is a new trigger or switching out a barrel or some gunsmithing work or optics. All of these work, but optics is so important because, as you just said, looking for a moose, which stands eight and a half to nine feet at the shoulder, is black. You would think that they stand out, but in shadows, in between trees, it's amazing how something that size can actually stay hidden, and optics is really a key to that. So I'm going to give you 20 seconds here to wrap up why Vortex, and then we'll talk about specifics. You know, yeah, I mean, so, you know, we're talking, if you're talking optics in general, um, one thing I think we do a really great job at is having, um, you know, optics that can fit just about anybody's need or price point. You know, and, and so you talk about a good, better, best, or, you know, we often call our, you know, categorize our stuff as a better, best. Um, right. It, and and bang for the buck. And that's that's what, yep. that's what you're getting here. Folks, this is Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back with Mark Boardman, Vortex Optics. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? 
Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951 823 Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, you know that every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversations going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, and everything afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Our faithful stalwart companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been Firing Line Radio's longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, from Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Now, if you're not armed for protection or recreation, shame on you. But Bullseye Sport in Riverside is where you need to go for handguns, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. After you purchase that firearm, Vince and I highly recommend you attend a certified firearm safety and training course, one that's going to teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitudes essential for the safe and efficient use of your firearm. For more information about the certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211. Visit their website, bullseyesport.com, for a schedule of classes. Because of Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammos in Riverside, they believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Folks, I'm welcoming back here Mark Boardman. Mark Boardman from Vortex Optics. He's the marketing director there. He's been a great guy, good supporter of the show for many, many years. And frankly... So, so you understand our relationship. I find product sponsors that I use, somebody I like, and I like their products, and then I invite them to be part of the show, and I was fortunate enough that Vortex agreed with that. So, you know, this is this is a company that I totally believe in. Uh, I've switched as many of my optics as I can over to theirs. I'm still in a process, but we'll finish this this year. Uh and I absolutely love it. I have not looked back. I have everything from the razors to the crossfires and 
on different different applications, everything works in between. So where we're going to bring him back in here is talk about how do you improve your basic hunting rifle? Here we are, we're just a few weeks from the main hunting seasons. If you want to make an improvement on a, on a firearm, your optics are so, so important. So I want to start with a couple of different things here. Number one, before we jump into just the meat and potatoes and refractors and everything else, elevators, talk about the mounting system, Mark. How important is that? No, I'm, I'm glad you brought that, off, brought that up. And actually, I will also point out, though, Philip, as you keep adding firearms, you are you'll never be done with the process and that's the beauty of the dude my wife listened to this do you think i want her to hear that <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> no but um man that is such a big point you know um and, and and something that we you know i'm glad you brought up and we bring up a lot is oftentimes you know people they you know they upgrade a rifle or they build an awesome rifle or they buy a you know an, an off-the-shelf rifle and that's where all the money goes, and as it should. I mean, that's definitely a very important component, right? You know, that's that's the base that everything else is kind of um, surrounded by, uh, you know, the nucleus of the setup, if you will. Uh, but you definitely need a quality optic, or else that's just not going to, you know, function as well as you'd like. And, and you bring up the rings and the bases, and that is the connection that's tying all these things together. And I think people think all things are equal, and they're just not. Get quality rings and bases, whether they're ours or somebody else's. You're going to be way happier in the long run. You're going to avoid a lot of headaches. Um, your setup is going to perform better, and you're going to have you know better success in the field. The last thing you need in the field is is something to go wrong, or even while you're trying to get your setup dialed in, and, and you know, all of a sudden you're having to troubleshoot, um, you know, things that you could have just alleviated by getting some good quality rings and bases. And I'll say this: having everything torqued to the proper settings. Uh, when you're talking about ring, uh, you know, the rings, we recommend 15 to 18 inch pounds uh, measured with a torque wrench. So that's 15 to 18 inch pounds with a torque wrench. Um, that's going to, you know, save folks a lot of headaches down the road if they do that. You can go a little bit higher on your bases, uh, uh, you know, but uh, that, that, uh, that spec, you know, when you're when you're tightening down your rings is extremely important. What can happen there is you can uh, ultimately, you know, flex that outer tube if you over torque them and impede the internal erector system. You can impede the parallax. You can, you know, all sorts of things can go on. So that that that's a big headache saver right there is you know making sure that you uh, don't over torque those rings. The other thing on on the ring system is unless you're buying high quality rings, they may or may not be totally in line with each other, like a matched pair, so to speak. I know when Jim makes sure, his customs sure. and, you know, or you guys, even when you're on your high end rings, they're a matched pair. So they have the exact mm -hmm. same height. And you know, that's, that's one thing. Another thing is you may not have the exact same height on your action. I have a Winchester model 70, one of my favorite guns. It's 12 thousands difference from its lower, <laughs> from the rear mount to the, to the front. I had to use a shim when I first started mounting uh, scopes on that gun. So not sure. everything is is totally squared up and and to have your you know once you have your rings on you need to make sure that they're level across there because if it's not a few thousands one way or another excuse me and then you you torque those rings down and you're bending that tube and as you just said that's going to cause some internal problems not the scope's fault right it's the mounting system's fault 
Yeah, so depending on the rings, you know, you may uh, want to uh, consider lapping them, um, you know, but, you know, you get into the case of, like, our, our precision-matched rings. Right. Um, we recommend not lapping those, right? Well, um, they're, but they're so precision. They come on, ready. They, I mean, they come ready to rock. I mean, right. you'd be, t- be hard-pressed to find, um, you know, a, a better ring than those guys. I mean, they truly are a top-tier ring, but, you know, they carry a price tag, too, with that. So, um, but, yeah, so, you know, consider lapping your rings, um, you know, and, and just because a person has mounted, you know, potentially thousands of scopes in their lifetime doesn't mean they're doing it right. So um, definitely, you know, um, pay attention to that. You know, if somebody is mounting your scope for you, ask, ask them how they're doing it. Ask them if they're uh, using an, an inch-pounds torque wrench and, and ask them what the general torque uh, setting they, they crank those rings to. And if they say, hey, I'm doing 35 to 45 or something like that, say, hey, I mean, don't be afraid to say, you know, I prefer if you do that, you know, 15 to 18 inch-pounds. Because I think um, people would be better served if, if they went that route in general. So, Absolutely. Okay, so, so we've got the mounting system done. You want to have quality. You guys have precision rings that you, they can buy. Um, you want to have some quality rings, steel rings. So what about an entry level? Say a guy just has you know, a, a smaller budget, but he wants a quality hunting scope that it has some long-range mm-hmm. capabilities. What, what are some suggestions you have? You know, I'd take a look at a couple things in our lineup. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd maybe start, you know, uh, with the Diamondback series, uh, which is a phenomenal series, some excellent uh, magnification ranges in there that um, would be very versatile. Uh, I'd take also a look at the Viper HS series. Uh, you know, within that series, you're going to see some, you know, uh, you know, two to ten, four to sixteen type zoom ranges. Um, again, very functional, very versatile, uh, great for a wide range of shooting scenarios. And then also kind of a, I guess a subset of that Viper HS series is the Viper HSLR. And that's where you get a little bit more into those long-range features. It does have a capped windage turret, which I prefer for a hunting scenario. Yes. But it's got an exposed elevation turret for dialing. So if a person does go through the process of getting the ballistic data uh, and knowing their drops, uh, they can, you know, essentially take that information and dial that turret, you know, if they need to execute a longer range shot, and it's just going to work phenomenally. So, again, that's, you know, that's the scope that I ended up using on that moose hunt, you know, dialed it right in, shot that moose at 733. Um, they track super true. It's definitely one of my favorites in the lineup. Um, you know, there's a 4 to 16 and a 6 to 24 version uh, in the Viper HSLR series. The 6 to 24 is a first focal plane. Uh, rifle scope, so uh, which can come in handy, you know, uh, particularly for wind calls uh, at those extended ranges, or for the person who wants to shoot off their reticle. If you prefer to shoot off your reticle, uh, that first focal plane is going to be nice because uh, the subtension markings in that reticle, so all the hash marks. Um, and all the data in that reticle are going to be accurate throughout the entire zoom range. So if you're on six power and you want to use them, you could use them. If you're on 24 power, you want to use them. You know that's where um, you know that's where that, that first focal plane optical system shines. You know, you're not. You uh, just you just brought up a um, whole a whole whole bunch of stuff on here that we're going to need to unpack uh, on the uh, <laughs> on the uh, the HSLR. The first focal plane is that an illuminated scope or no? So that one is not, no. Okay. So here's one of the things that when you have a first focal plane versus a second focal plane, for those of you playing along at home, the focal plane has to do with where the crosshairs are located inside the scope. 
And a first focal yep. plane, when you increase your magnification, it increases the size of, of your uh, crosshair. So the ratio is the same. One inch, if it looks like it on four power, looks like one inch at, on 12 power. So that ratio stays the same. So for measuring and holdovers, it's very easy to accurately know the exact size of what you're looking at. The issue is for hunting applications, if it's not an illuminated reticle and you are hunting in very low light and you're on low power, sometimes those crosshairs are hard to see. So there's, there's a give mm-hmm. and there's a take on that. We're going to sure. bring that up. Uh, the rest of the stuff we need to unpack as soon as we come back from this break. Uh, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show, FiringLineRadio.com, here with Mark Boardman from Vortex Optics. We'll be back after this. Are you an expert marksman who enjoys a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range offers 21,000 square feet of indoor space with 35 shooting lanes that accommodate handguns, rifles, and shotguns. Jim and his wife like Riverside Indoor Shooting Range so much, they became members. The facility is well-maintained. The personnel are very knowledgeable, very friendly, very outgoing, helpful anytime you have an issue with your gun or have a question. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range also offers firearm and self-defense training, archery, firearm rentals, and gunsmithing. And the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there every month for women of all experience levels. For directions and info, go to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. I would highly recommend the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range to anybody who enjoys shooting and is looking for a good facility that's indoors. RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Welcome back to the show. This is one of our series on improving your your rifle, your hunting rifle, your long-range rifle, some of the things we've been talking about. Well, this show, we're talking about optics, and I've got Mark Boardman, the marketing director of Vortex Optics, on the show with me, as he has been this entire show. We talked about entry-level scopes in the last last segment, well, mounting systems and entry-level scopes in the last segment, but... He brought up a few things. Number one, he brought up uh, first focal plane, second focal plane. We talked about that. The second one is if you have a scope that has adjustable turrets, excuse me, has adjustable turrets, I have found, and he mentioned the same thing, that a windage turret is better if it's capped. If you don't have a cap or a lock on it, get some electrician's tape and tape that sucker down. Uh, I've had too many times where I've been out in the on a competition, like when we're shooting at Avenal, and you move from station to station with a, your gun in a backpack or at the Vortex Extreme Challenge, which I've been on a few times, which has been a great thing. But uh, unbeknownst to you, if you don't check everything before you shoot, you could be four minutes off, right, left, uh, on that windage turret. It, you don't look at it. You're dialing, you're looking at your vertical, and if you're not competent, like me, meaning I'm the one who's not competent, uh, you can make these shots where you're off four minutes right, four minutes left, and you're like, what the heck was that? Um, fortunately, it's shooting against steel, and it's not a big deal, just a, just a miss. But, but capping or taping off that windage turret, I think, is a great idea because if you need to dial in 10 minutes of wind on a hunting shot, you shouldn't be shooting. It's, 
Yeah, you know, I mean, it's definitely something, you know, if your turrets, you know, aren't capped or, you know, um, don't have a locker, you know, I mean, um, you know, one nice thing is just to be able to have, you know, either a shim system or, or a zero stop there where, where you know it's going to come back home. And um, But, yeah, you want to be mindful of it. You know, you want to be, you definitely want to be mindful of that. And, yeah, you have more moving parts than yeah, this is the, these scopes have more features, more moving parts, more things to be mindful of than the old Weaver one-inch four-power that uh, came on your dad's rifle. Okay, there's there's great features, but it takes a level of competency and practice to run them. Yeah, yeah, you know, and one thing to bring up with that too, when you talk about dialing, just just because a scope, you know, one thing that we put a premium on with our lines is that our scopes track true. Right, like we are very, um, you know, cognizant that that is not an option that right. if so, they don't, right? So explain what so, tracking is, Mark. So, I mean, it just means, you know, I mean, I'd say a lot of our scopes, you know, are going to track, you know, quarter MOA or with a, with a tenth mil click, uh, depending on, you know, what uh, uh, what it's, you know, supposed to do or what that scope is, is uh, configured in. Uh, but, you know, if it needs to, you know, tr- you know, if it's a quarter MOA click, it better be moving a quarter MOA, you know, so, and that's, you know, top, you know, essentially top to bottom, you know, so when you want to make an adjustment, you know, you're making a very accurate adjustment. So, so what he's talking about is on the top turret um, on, or the side turret, there's clicks and these clicks have a predetermined size that they should move your crosshairs when you're shooting at a hundred yards or, or in any distance it's measured in MOAs or MRADs, but uh, two different measuring systems for another day, but on um, if it's supposed to be one quarter inch clicks, uh, so if I move it four times, I should have moved that my bullet impact one inch, whichever direction I've chosen, at a hundred yards. So that's roughly the way that works. And if it doesn't match that, if if one click is actually three eighths of an inch instead of a quarter of an inch, now I'm shooting two two inches high at a hundred when I meant to shoot one inch high at a hundred, um, which is for downrange is disastrous. The second thing is consistency of the tracking devices. So if it moving, if I'm doing what's called a box test, say I'm, I'm dead on at zero, and then I click up six minutes and I shoot a group and I click right six minutes and I shoot a group and click down six minutes and shoot a group and click left six minutes and shoot a group. I should have four groups exactly, you know, six inches apart at a hundred yards. If my tracking Mm -hmm. was true and come back to my main zero. And that's something that vortex is like you said, you're a slave on that. You make sure that you're doing everything you can for that consistency because you have to find your zero again or, or the whole thing was useless exercise. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, and and I guess you know other place I was going there is just because a, a scope may not have you know exposed turrets that are you know maybe a little bit more purpose built for dialing and executing those long range shots, it doesn't mean you can't go through the process of getting that ballistic data and right. and dialing that turret if, if even if you have a, uh, a, a capped you know turret on there, uh, depending on the hunt or the scenario that may be the way you want to go. Case in point, I was hunting Kodiak with my brother. I knew it was going to be a rugged hunt. I knew we were going to be going up and down stuff. And I actually ran a Viper HS 4-16 to with cap turrets on that hunt um, just because I wanted – I didn't want to have to think about, you know, having – not that I thought there would be an issue there. Like, for whatever reason, I just felt more comfortable having cap turret. You know, actually, now that I think about it, because my brother, he ran a Viper HSLR with the um, – 
uh, you know, obviously the uncapped version, and and you know, had a, we both had a very successful hunt. But I guess my thought was, I still went through the process of getting that ballistic data, and uh, if I if I needed to execute a longer range shot, I certainly could have. So here's 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 what your thought was on that. When the brush breaks at twenty yards in front of you, and that freaking eleven foot Kodiak starts coming, you don't want to worry about your scope. <laughs> On Kodiak Island, is that is kind of the way it was? It's like the last thing I want to worry about is my scope, um, and and so that was probably part of your idea on that island for having us capped turret. Yeah, you know, I think I think it was, you know, I think probably just a little a slightly sleeker setup, um, you know, and I guess I wasn't really anticipating a long range shot either, you know. So, um, which you know, I I think uh, the longest shot we took on that hunt was you know two hundred yards. You know, my brother. Um, you know, executed a shot at 75 yards. You know, of course, he had the LR version on there, so he really used it in that scenario. But, um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think cool. it was one of those things where I just, you know, was like, oh, I'm, just, you know, I kind of catered the scope to what I was anticipating encountering. You know, it makes sense. The other thing, you know, you didn't bring this up yet, but on the uh, the EBR. The EBR rectical has multiple mm-hmm. hashtags. So this is the part inside your scope, folks, which is also very, very important. Um, some of them have useless information. I've seen some that have so much information you can't see the target. Uh, others are bare bones. And so it's important to figure out what's going to fly for you. For instance, I have a Diamondback um, on my Ruger number 1. I did that because it was a good scope in a one inch, which is what the the rings demanded for a Ruger number one. And it has a the BDC rectangle. So mm-hmm. in, inside that, I've got, you know, three or four, three different hash marks in there that, that respond to a distant, different distance for shooting. But that can be a way to make a, a quick three or 400 yard shot. If you have to, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not precise mm-hmm. for 733 yards, but at 400 yards, you can hold pretty well with something like that and not have to worry about uh, dialing. And so your EBR rectical, I think should be something that everybody would want in their hunting scope or a long, especially for if you're shooting long range or PS PRS or something like that. It's a great rectical for that. Uh, just a plain set of crosshairs, doesn't give you much information to shoot from if you're going to use mm-hmm. it as a tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, you know, standard BDC, you can definitely do quite a bit with it. As you mentioned, it's not going to be that pinpoint accuracy. You know, I mean, those those subtensions are, uh, you know, fall around, you know, a more general ballistics curve. But I mean, you can get them as accurate as you want. I mean, you know, we always recommend a person goes out to the range and sees, uh, you know essentially, you know, range certifies where those drops are hitting for the cartridge, you know, that they're running, for the bullet that they're, you know, pushing through that specific rifle. And you'll find, you know, it's like, you know, oh, maybe my, uh, you know, 300-yard drop is actually dead on at 320, or maybe it's dead on at 190 or something like that. Um, Or I shouldn't say not 190, at uh, at 290, I should have said. Um, But, you know, I mean, so... But you're going to be pretty darn close, you know, and that's a second focal plane optical system. So in general, when you want to use those drops, a person needs to remember that they're going to want to have their magnification maxed out. Like I say, that's in general because there are a couple uh, rifle scopes in our lineup where that's not the case. Right. Those, um, 18 uh, instead of 24 power, gonna, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, so the other thing wherever is, that spot is, turn to that and let it rip. The other thing is you can use it what's, to verify at 100 yards. You simply use each of those hash marks as your aiming point on the same target. Measure how high it actually hits at 100 yards. Then you can go back with your ballistic calculator and a chronograph if you have it and, and say, okay, if it's four and a half inches high at 100 yards, that's a 400-yard zero. You know, so that would be my 400-yard mark or 440, whatever it happens to be. You can back into that that will give you an idea when you, when you try and verify out there at certified yards, which you know, where you really are. Are you at 440 or are you at 490? So that's mm-hmm. an easy way to get into the ballpark. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show with Mark Boardman from Vortex Optics. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. They have a special discounted plan for active and retired law enforcement and military to include all vets. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. Join CCW Safe today. Log on to ccwsafe.com. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out our Facebook page at Firing Line Radio Show and join the group. If you look, there's a little blue button right up there in the picture that says visit group click on visit group you can ask to join it i'll join it all the giveaways are on the group page okay all the good stuff is in the group page you want to belong to this group this is not group think which is group stink um this is the place to be to get the discounts to get the giveaways the cutting edge bullets the vortex optics uh options that we have you know some of the things that we're giving away and and uh, we've got some great product sponsors coming on this fall as we're switching to our podcast format so we're we're playing with it right now but we've built out a studio i don't know if you told you this mark we built out our studio to do podcasts so well we're talking about vortex optics hsts i can actually show one we can do some demonstrations on that and uh nice. yeah you know instead of me trying to speak about it in fifty thousand words we can use a picture and <laughs> it'd probably be more accurate and more fun anyway so we're working on that so you're gonna be, you're so you, you're guaranteeing you can cut it down to 50 words then uh, preferably i could just point just point at something <laughs> and that would that would be the perfect thing so I like that. So um, beginning rifles, we talked about the Diamondback series, uh, the Viper HS, mm-hmm. HSLR. You go all the way up into your Razor series, which really are just some phenomenal scopes. I mean, and especially for, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. for the investment that's involved in them, you get far more than any other company out there, plus a lifetime guarantee no matter what on everything. 
Uh, yep, I mean that's across you know every every scope, every bino, every spot in the lineup. I mean it, it truly is an unconditional, transferable lifetime warranty. I would say we try to build our stuff so the person never has an issue, but it sure is nice knowing that you know if, if something does happen, which yeah. we all have been in the field and know what can, man, we'll we'll take care of you. It's never a problem till it's a problem. There you go. There you go. And I will say, you know, I mean, we talked about some scopes with some very high level functionality and performance. So, um, you know, I probably wouldn't put them in that, you know, quote, beginner category or anything like that. But they don't carry, you know, super crazy price tags that a person, you know, can't can't get into them at the same time. And, and that's one of the things is is the bang for your buck. The, the, there's such a big, there's a big value for Vortex. And you don't want to think of it there. Don't think of them as a budget because it's not a budget optic. They're high end optics. They're just at an affordable price. And that's, that's a treat. You know, I mean, I've shot other optics for years and I made the switch here because that's what I saw was clean, clear glass tracking. That was true magnification, that um, ranges that I wanted and, and an affordable price range and, and a lifetime warranty just made it all the better on that. Hey, I have a quick question for you. There's two things I yeah. want to talk about in, in this segment. I have a Browning Medallion 375 Ackley Improved. Got brand nice. new stock work done on it. The, the gun is, is spectacular. Actually, Jim Grunning uh, worked it up for me, and, and his friend Kevin did some unbelievable stock work. This thing is gorgeous. But it's a 375 H&H. Now, I don't envision it going for Buffalo so I'm, I'm not thinking a one to two or one to four power. What mm-hmm. uh, what optic selection would you recommend for something like that? You know, if it was me, I mean, that sounds like a really, really great rifle. Um, very capable for, you know, probably just about anything you'd want to knock down, right? Pretty much, yeah. Um, I'd take a hard look. I'd take a hard look, actually, at the Viper HS that we talked about earlier. Uh, either the, uh, you know, the... Um, you know the the 10x model or the 4 to 16 by uh by 44 4 to 16 by 50 and then you know I mean it sounds like a pretty premier <laughs> piece of equipment there you know I wouldn't uh hesitate to take a look at the Viper um, excuse me the uh, the Razer HD LH series which is going to be um like we talked about you know optically top tier I mean it is very 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 good glass in a very mechanically sound lightweight package um i think it i think it complement that setup you know really well you know and i and you could look at the 2 to 10 model or the 3 to 15 which that's definitely a cartridge that you can you know you can stretch if you need to a little bit um you know that 3 to 15 i think would be a great fit you know if, if you wanted to you know, uh, do some close end work, or if you were in a you know close close range scenario, you know maybe you are coming around that river bend and there's a moose standing there. Maybe you are, you know, hunting some 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 tighter brush, and the shots are going to be close range, but you still have the ability yeah, to three three power is great. It, you know, with that fifteen power. Yeah, and and three three power is is great for a quick shot. I mean, it's not a it's not a hindrance at all. So that, that's a good idea there. The Razor HDLH three to fifteen. That's probably what I'd go with. You know, my like birthday's be, coming I think you'd be well served with it. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a great thing about this radio show. I have a birthday every month. This is a great thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to fact check this. I think you said that when we talked last month. 
<laughs> well, uh, you know, if, if you got to buy your own present, you might as well make up your own birthday. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of the other things that I like a lot, and I've shot this, uh, all of my friends, uh, I bring these rifles out and they fall in love with the whole setup. But, you know, the 9mm carbine, okay, totally different, 375 H&H, actually improved uh, 9mm carbine. But they've been such a great, fun gun to shoot. I have one in an AR platform, and I have one in the new Ruger takedown carbine, which is just, oh, nice. yep. just a great little gun. But I put the crossfires on them, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're really inexpensive, but, uh, you know, I can't tell you how much more fun it is to shoot a gun like that. And and the difference on the, the crossfire, if you're shooting a flat-top AR-15 platform, Mm-hmm. Your buttstock. See, here's here's where a good uh, the podcast would come in handy if I could have the firearms here. Your buttstock is the same level as the top of the receiver. So when you sure. when you mount the gun and you put your cheek down on on the buttstock, your eye is two and a half inches above the bore. So if your scope mm-hmm. is mounted directly on that flat top, you're looking over the top of it. You just it's impossible. So typically on an AR15 platform if it's flat top, you'll have extremely tall ring mount setup. And the crossfire dot comes with that. It comes with a uh, a nice Picatinny rail setup, but it's about an inch and a half or two inches tall that it lifts it up. So if you're shooting mm-hmm. it off of an AR15, it's got the mount system set up for it. And I use the same scope, well, a different one, but the same crossfire. That mounting system comes off, revealing a Picatinny built right into the bottom of the of the red dot. And so for the Ruger carbine series, if I have yep. that, that uh, two-inch tall mount system, the gun doesn't fit me. I've got to lift my head up. I'm losing my all proper form. It's not going to shoot accurately. But when I mount it flat to the top of that carbine, because of the design of that buttstock, I'm looking straight through it as soon as the gun comes up. So great opportunities for a very inexpensive uh, dot. And tell us a little bit more about that. So, yeah, that Crossfire Red Dot, man, that thing is an impressive little optic. Um, It doesn't carry a big price tag. I think it's, you know, coming in generally at or under $200. Uh, But... I tell you what, you know, I pretty much have my pick of the litter when it comes to optics here, which is, you know, really, really fortunate. If I was going to put a dot on something, I wouldn't hesitate to grab that crossfire. In fact, my dad just bought that Ruger himself a little while ago, and he said, hey, what should I put on it? And that's what I recommended was that crossfire red dot. Um, it's a pretty easy choice, actually. <laughs> it really is. You know, you've got the, the kind of that multi-height mount system that it comes with. So you want to put it on an AR? Fantastic. You want to swap it over to that Ruger? You know, go right ahead. You're gonna have you're gonna have the the you know the uh, the equipment and accessories there to do it in a heartbeat. Um, if you want to huck it on a shotgun with that lower mount, you know it's perfect for that as well. Um, it's so it's just <clears throat> excuse me. It's a, it's just a really versatile, high functioning dot. We tested the heck out of it. Heck, I think we even had it on a 50 BMG at one point. Um, it's just. Uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's uh, it's an impressive, impressive little dot that doesn't carry a you know the price tag. Really, the price tag doesn't match the performance that you're getting. It, do- at all. it doesn't. And what is the size of the MOA of the dot? 
Oh, now I want to say, two. I think it's the 2MOA yeah. dot. Yeah. So I, yeah. I really, really like that, a 2MOA dot, because if I'm trying to shoot something at 100 yards and I've got a 5MOA dot, I mean, you're covering whatever you're trying to shoot. Mm-hmm. If you're shooting a standard bullseye, your red dot's covering the entire bullseye. So it's it's kind of hard for any kind of precision shooting with the dot that big. And with the magnet, mm-hmm. with the uh, illumination, you don't need to have a 5 MOA dot. You can make it a little bit brighter if you need to see it quicker and put it on what you need. The other thing I like about that is the positive turnoff. There's a zero. So if I grab the power ring and I switch it to zero, it's off. Some of them kind of have a, a, a an unending power source. Is it off? Is it or the very light one? You can't really tell. And sometimes that leads to a mistake of leaving your scope on overnight or for a week or two till you look at it again, and then you've got to get a new battery. So I like the functionality on that, and it's very, very easy to sight in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely not. It's definitely an incredible, you know, feature-rich, performance-rich piece. So Crossfire Red Dot. Folks, I want to thank my special guest, uh, Mark Boardman from Vortex Optics. Find out all the great stuff at vortexoptics.com. We didn't even tell you about the free ballistic calculator that's on their site that's fantastic. You can get the exact place you're going to shoot data for, so that's even even better. Uh, vortexoptics.com, great stuff, very inexpensive, but it's the best, so we love it. Mark, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate that, and thank you for your sponsorship. Nope, thank you, Bob. We appreciate everything, and uh, it's always great chatting with you. Good, good luck the rest of this fall. Yeah, you too. Shoot, Felipe! Shoot! When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.